welcome. Um, like you said, I'm Matt, his son-in-law. <laughs> Had a fun morning, didn't we? And this morning actually illustrates part of what we're going to talk about today um, with preparing our bodies for whatever God throws at us, throws at us and whenever he does it. Um, but first, I have to set up. Uh, Sam wanted me to share a little bit about my background in physical fitness, athletics, things like that. Um, I have my master's degree in exercise physiology, and I'm using that at State Farm Insurance Company right now, so that's awesome. Um, but I still, I'm in personal training a little bit. I was with Lifetime Fitness for, I think, seven years uh, as a trainer and a department head, and so, and then I was the trainer of all the trainers for Lifetime, and just had a job switch. But I still keep some clients, and I still do my own things. I particularly like to do endurance events like Ironman and uh, just things that go for a long time. That's where I feel that my strong suit is because the harder it is and the more painful it is, the more I like it. Because it's not about the person with the best training. It's about, it's about the person with the most heart. Um, and to, to, to preface what you have to know about me, number one is I love the Lord and I love his word. Number two is, and not even a close second, you all know Rocky. Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen all six movies? No. Well, I know five was a stretch, all right? I know five. I know Rocky five was hard. But, but, um, Rocky, you know, for better or for worse, uh, he has had a big influence on my life, mainly mainly because of my dad. It was the one movie that, from, I was a little kid, I remember sitting on my dad's lap, and we would watch Rocky, and he'd be, yeah, he, he's in his, his, his chair, you know how dads have a chair, or at least they use, I need a chair, Connie, that's what I need, my chair, but anyways, he had his chair, and I'd sit on his lap, and we'd watch Rocky, and that was bonding, but it, it, it just made me love this idea of heart, and pushing yourself, and, and being disciplined, well, there's a deleted scene, Rocky 6, so you guys might not have seen this, where he's, he's talking to a kid, and he's trying to kind of mentor him, and he says, you know, and I, I mean, he just sounds like a boxer, I guess. But, you know, when I was a kid, I used to just stare and squeeze a ball as hard as I could and stare at a light for as long as I figured. I can teach myself to be uncomfortable. Good. So there's going to be a time in life where you've got to have to be uncomfortable, and it's okay. And I thought, you know, Rocky? Pretty deep for Rocky. So there's just a lot of lessons there. You just have to know I just, I just, I just love Rocky. Um, before we get into discipline, I want to talk about uh, my framework for how this morning is going to go. Um, have you guys ever seen a TED video? TED, it's, a, it's like an online um, leadership video. It's a teaching video. There's, I mean, there's a TED video on leadership. There's a TED video on servanthood. There's a TED video on how to tie your shoe the right way. Um, but there's one called um, The Golden Circle by Simon Sinek. And he says that he is going to explain human behavior and how we change and, and the, the habits that we do and also the buying decisions that we do. So... I just want to explain that because that's going to make a lot of sense as we get into what we're talking about. Okay? So Simon Siddick says he's going to explain human behavior with the world's simplest diagram. What diagram is that? Target. target. <laughs> one says the bullseye, one says target. Okay. Uh, we're going to pick on Connie. All right. Connie, what is the innermost part of our brain that's responsible for emotion? Okay, the innermost portion of our brain that is responsible for emotion. Anybody know? It's called the limbic system. Okay. The limbic system deals with why, all right? The limbic system has no capacity for language, okay? So this is the why level, all right? The middle level that we'll talk about is the how, 
And the outer level we'll talk about is the outermost portion portion of our brain. The what? there we go. Who said it? What? Sam did. All right. The, the, the cerebral cortex. The what? Right. Oh yeah. So this is responsible for language, language, logic, reasoning. Okay. And I was going to pick on Squally with this. So since he's not here, I'll pick on him anyways. All right. And this is going to be a little personal since Connie's in here. But let's let's take human behavior. And, you know, think about whether the choices we make and and the buying decisions we have, whether they they go from the outside in, which is how I would say a majority of people talk and and try to sell, or from the inside out. So, Connie, December 1st, eight years, seven and a half years ago, what happened? Got married, all right? Now, if someone were to try to sell me marriage, outside in, it would have sounded like this. Hey, Matt, I got this great thing for you. It's called marriage. Okay, what is it? Well, you leave your life of singleness, and you get things like dishes and sheets, and you, you have to live with a girl, and you'll find out that girls have the same bodily functions you do, and you did it, and, and, and you get in-laws, and you have to talk about your day. Like, it's just telling me what it is. And I'd be like, okay, how, how, do, I, how do I do this? Oh, well, you get really dressed up in front of a lot of people, and you declare your love, and you spend a lot of money on it, and, and you get to go on a cool trip. Okay, why would I do this? Oh, well, because that's what you do after you're in your 20s and somewhat established, or because, you know, because you love her, duh. Okay, would I have done that? No offense, Connie, but... Oh, okay, I get Dale and Connie. Pushed it over there. All right. No, but how it, how it actually worked was... Oh my gosh, like from, you know, where we say deep, like in here, oh my gosh, I love her so much, I just want to spend the rest of my life with her. I can't even like, I can't even put it into words. Like if you'd have told me to write my own vows, they would have been, uh, just say yes and let's do this. Like I couldn't have really expressed it. So, and then how, oh man, how do you do it? You have this great party and it's a wedding and it's awesome and there's a honeymoon and what is it? It's a partnership. It's, you get these awesome kids, it's totally changes it. And let's, let's look at this from, um, Church. If you just told me what church is, no, or what, not church, but what Christianity is, no way someone would ever buy in. You start here. What is it? Well, you give up, you know, six hours a week. You give 10 to 20% of your money. You serve. You, like, you, huh? Yeah, you, you limit yourself on the choices that your flesh wants. Whoa, 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 how do I do this? Oh, well, you, you have a, a regimen, and you read your Bible every day, and you pray, and you, you have a group of friends where you tell your deepest, darkest secrets to, and whoa, why? Oh, because you don't want to go to hell, right? That's, that's totally off. It's why? Well, God created you, and you're separated from him, and he's, he's made a way for you, and it's talking to someone's heart. So, and, and how, you know, prayer, what? And then the what is, like, I actually want to do this. So when, when we're talking about discipline... What I don't want you to think is, I'm going to come here and go, well, I have a 10-step process for you. I want you to do this on Monday, this on Tuesday, this on Wednesday. This, like, I want to talk about why, why we would even want to, why we're even in this realm, how we might go about it, and then what are some practical things to actually do. Huh? Okay, so, you guys started uh, reading through 1 Corinthians 9? No, okay, Bible time, 1 Corinthians 9. Get there. Starting at 23. Sam had just sent me that verse, and I didn't know if you guys had talked about it. 
So kind of mark that spot in your Bible. And before we, we read that, I just want to have a discussion question of, and I guess you all know each other's names, but um, what's, what's the most physically challenging feat or task you've ever completed? Or just name one in your top three or five. Yeah. Um, you ran and played for 24 hours straight. It was. <laughs> and you were raising money for what? For a mission. Wow. That's cool. Where, where'd you go? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Any, any others pop in your mind? Wow, that's smoking. <laughs> at, at what point was the worst? Like right before the finish line or that mile 18 to 20? 20. But, uh, Got it. carried me and I finished. Awesome. <laughs> that's cool. Three hours is a long time to yeah. focus and to will yourself through it. That's cool. <laughs> First and all. <laughs> awesome. The others come to mind? Yeah. How much was on the bar? Okay, so you guys picture a bar that big with 535 pounds on it, and picture Sam under it, and you don't have a pad on, you don't have one of those, you know, cheater mantra things. There's a little pad that's supposed to spread the bar out, it makes your form horrible. So he goes down, and, <gasps> and you got to get to 90, right? And the amount of pressure that's like in your head, and on, on his legs, and his knees, and that's got to be, that's crazy, that's a lot of weight. What else? What else? What else comes to mind? Most physically challenged feat or task you've ever completed? Just freezing, and just yeah, knowing that you could. Well, when we say it's cold, you say. <laughs> wow, that's that's challenging on a lot of levels because you have you have the fear of what's going on. You have the physical elements. You have you have you have the physically challenging element. You have yeah, you have a lot of things going on in there. Not to quote Kanye West, but that which don't kill you can only make you stronger, right? Fix. Fix. Yeah. Imagine Madison doing that. <laughs> yeah. Any others come to mind? Wow. So there's a whole nother feat of discipline right there is are legitimately afraid you your life is on the line like you think this this could be it <laughs> okay <laughs> well, yeah well there's <laughs> yeah oh i i know the feeling just this summer i was up in uh the antiojo's tree and it was it was it was one cut and i was harnessed in but i thought if I don't cut this right this thing is gonna crush me and I'm gone. <laughs> so just a um, well, cool. Uh, who 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 here has had had kids? Yeah. Did anybody did anybody birth a child in here? Birth a child? Yeah. The I mean I what got me through my um, one of the the best pieces of of advice that um, somebody gave me before my first Ironman was. Have it planned in your head that when it gets hard, you're going to tell yourself, like, what's going to not make you quit? And, and mine was, if Lauren could deliver a baby for 18 hours, I can move for 10. That's it. So, there we go. Like, there is no, there's no stopping. She didn't have a choice to stop. You know? I don't have that choice either. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, so, 
1 Corinthians 9, 23-27. I have it up here in case you didn't bring your mode of scripture, digital or otherwise. I like the onion pages turning. That's right. I, I can't find anything. I'm okay. Read it. Read it to yourself a couple times through. Okay, so I do all things for the sake of the gospel, that I may be a fellow partaker of it. You not know that all those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may win, and everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it for to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore I run in such a way as not without aim, I box in such a way as not beating the air, but... but I buffet my body and make it my slave, lest possibly, after I have preached the gospel to others, I myself should be disqualified. So let's talk about just the why of discipline and self-control. And I'm, and I'm not just talking about in the physical realm, like we said, you ran a marathon, you played 24 hours of soccer, you walked three miles and slept in frozen tundra, you know, you were cliffhanger, um, childbirth, but why? Why, yeah, why, the why of self-control, the why of discipline? Why, why would, why would we even be here talking about it? Okay. And what was at stake in, especially what Paul was talking about here, what was at, at stake with his self-control? Yeah, if, well, really, he would disqualify himself. If he didn't have self, self-control, what are some ways Paul would have been disqualified? Things are going to ruin our lives. Tight. If I, if I had to bet, on, no pun intended on bet. So, words and actions, yep, especially words, I mean, read James. Words, actions, yep, our flesh, money and sex. John, First John says, do not love the world or, 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 or the things in the world, for, 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 for the lust of the flesh is, is the, the boastful pride of life. Um, the lust of the eyes and, and, and the lust of the flesh. It's, it's those things that we want to do. And if Paul is unable to exercise self-control in, in all those things. Now, I'm not preaching a gospel of pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps to try to be sanctified. But it's God's Holy Spirit combined with our effort. You know, we can't, we can't just say, oh God, you say no. Through. Like, oh God, I've got to be disciplined. But Paul's saying, I don't want to be disqualified. Now, what was Paul's ministry like? Let's think, how many years ago was that? 1900? What was Paul called to do? He talks about it a lot in the Corinthians. Yeah. Well, what did he have to do to do that? He had to travel. I don't think they had frozen tundra there, but they had some, some wicked terrain. So he had to travel. He had a lot of resistance. Let's pause on the resistance and focus on the travel for a second. How did he get around? <laughs> yeah. By foot, he's, he's lugging things like... God's mission for Paul, it was just assumed he would be able to physically complete it. So that's a big why, is like, he, he has a mission, and if he wasn't able to do it, he would automatically disqualify himself, because God would have to say, alright, I'll bring somebody else, like, I'll call somebody else. Paul was able to physically perform it. And he had lots of resistance, like what? Where's the passage where Paul just rants off what he's been through? That's in... Come on now. Bible time. Yes, and beaten many times. Four times I've received 39 lashes, right? Let's find it. Oh, here it is. 
That's why I need my Bible, because I, I memorize where things are on the page, and all I have to do is look for that. Yes. Boom! Uh, 2 Corinthians 11, plus like 23 or so. Are they, are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I more so, in far more labors, far more in prisons, beaten many times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews thirty-nine lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. At night and a day I spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold, exposed and exposure. Apart from all such external things... There's the daily pressure upon me of concern for all the churches. Who is weak without me being weak? And he goes on. It's like, to complete his mission, he had to go through that. And it baffles my mind that a few chapters earlier, Paul says, though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is being renewed day by day, for momentary light affliction is producing for me an eternal weight of glory. Like, fine, Paul. You know, sure car doesn't start in the driveway this morning. I got all huffy because I got a shovel, and yet Paul says, momentary light affliction. All right, I stink. But why is for the sake of the gospel? All right. Let's have an additional food for thought here. Proverbs 16.32. Don't necessarily need to turn to it. I put it up there. This is for my own. This is, this is my Gunner verse right now. <laughs> he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than one who captures a city. And all these hardships, just like your two stories, you had to rule your spirit. You had to say no to panic. You had to say no to giving in to the, the pain and the fear. And there's not a trick to it. There's calm down and, and to realize that everything you're feeling is stemming from what's going on in your mind and your heart. Like, to this day, I, actually, this, this just happened... When I was a kid, I had, I, had a, I had a weird childhood. Monkeys and all this stuff. And um, I, guess it wasn't weird. I was always afraid. You know how kids like think there's monsters in the bed and there's monsters in this and that? I, I was always afraid. I could never sleep with my wrist exposed. I've just seen too many, like, the... And there's that Pet Cemetery movie where I saw the kid, like, slit some dude's Achilles heel. And, like, I could never have my foot down on a couch. Cause I'm like, and just, just this week, I was walking through the church, and it was totally dark, so I had to shut some doors, and I was walking like this, and that, that fear crept in my head that, hey, Matt, your wrists are exposed. Really? And it was, it was just the simplest thing of, no, it's okay. Here you go. Like, it's in your head. Um, and I thought this was a, a, a great reminder and, and verse about that is, you know, Sam, you're, you're, that's, that's beast. You could squat 500 pounds. What I'm more impressed with is how you ruled your schedule and your diet and everything else that went into training to get to that lift. Because that's, that's the true strength. It's not that feat. Like, a 311 marathon, awesome, that's 26 miles. How many miles did you do in preparation for it? You know, it's, it's what can get you to the point when God says, I, I want you to do this. Great, if you're ready, that's awesome. But... The prep work is what really took the work. So, all right, let's let's talk a little bit about how. How are we doing on time? Um, okay, let's go through some behavior change statistics. So, why I want to talk about physical fitness, discipline, discipline of, of, of the mind is, obviously, it is for the sake of the gospel. Number one, we have to have self-control, like Ann said, in our words and our actions. Number two, 
God has works prepared for us, which He planned before we were even made, and if we are unable to perform them, that disqualifies us from that mission. And so, it's like, okay, let's, how do I kind of adjust life? So, some behavior change. Um, When we coach someone for physical fitness training, especially diet, and we can convince somebody to make one habit change over a course of three weeks, they're 50% likely to accomplish that one habit change. If we take it to two habits, that drops to 15%. If we take it to three habits, that drops to 1%. Okay? So when we talk later on about what, you know, let's say, let's say Sam says, oh, I am going to eat breakfast every morning. I am going to get three miles of walking in in a week, and I'm going to take my multivitamin at night. And I go, whoa, you just mentioned six habits. Because just for breakfast, you have to change the way you shop. You have to change, you know, when you get up, you have to, you have to adjust a lot of things. And then there's, there's the three miles. Well, when does that happen? You have to change your laundry. You have to, like, there's a lot of habits within just those three changes. So what we're going to talk about is just choose one habit change. Next year. Fine. I don't like you anyways. It was there? Just, uh, well, let's do that there. So you choose one habit, focus on it for three weeks, and you have the next habit already in mind, ready to go. Make sense? And the habit does not have to be extravagant. I'm going to talk about what now. There we go. Okay. Number one, before you can know what you want, what you want to do, you have to be able to answer these two things here. What is in your stewardship? Meaning, like, what's your daily responsibility? Number two, what's your personal mission? And Sam was talking about, you guys have been talking that stewardship is be still and know that I am God. So we, we need this discipline to set time apart. But when we do set time apart, how do you stay focused? That's, that's a big challenge. Um, there are some benefits of physical act, activity being able to focus your mind. It, it burns some sugars. It, it, it helps you stay on a task. It, it actually activates your mind so that the more active your mind is not on, on all these other things, it can, it can laser in. Um, but there's, there's that stewardship. And then there's the self-control of, like Dave was saying, the flesh, words, actions. Like, and, and then, you know, God is asking each of you to, to do something totally different. I don't think um, God is going to ask you again to walk three miles through frozen tundra. Hopefully you don't have to play 24 hours of soccer anymore. But God says, you have a neighbor. I want you to serve this neighbor. This is how I want you to do it. If you go, ah, I'm just going to be sore after that. Or I, I know. Or, you know, God says, I, I want you to minister to someone through walking a mile with them a day. Throw those things out there as... How does God want to use you in this physical world? And what do you need to do to be ready to do that? True? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying God is going to call you to, um, and it's, it's winter right now, God's not going to call you to go down your street and shovel driveways. I, I, I would hope not. Because that's hard on a body, that's for the plows, that's, that's for the young and dumb. All right? Right? So I don't think God is going to have this new, necessarily new ministry for you, but the, the continued ministry, and if, if you feel like, 
I'm being held back because of my own choices, that's where I'd say God, um, God is honored by the choices that free us up to do His will. Like, like I look at, at this kind of through the lens of, of, of debt. You know, and my wife or my my wife, my my wife and I are going through this process of, okay, we have the school debt, we have these debts. What's what's the best you know the best plan of action? And especially when we were first married and just dumb, um, we were limited, and now we are limited by those choices. But we are we are we are limited in our freedom because of our inability to pay and give and. Bless those. And, and we've received a great number of blessing. Like, I want to be the guy that blesses one day. And, yeah, God's not calling me right now to give $1,000 here and there and there because, I, God, you better you know, ha- have me win some jackpot. But if I weren't in that situation, could I be used as a vehicle more at, at this time right now? Absolutely. And so to piggyback back to that physical world, if I could prepare myself to do X, whatever it is, big to small, would I be more freed up to do what God calls? Or could I make this choice? Could I volunteer? Could I, you know, could I, could I, could I? And that's where my value of it is, is, you know, I don't, I don't know what the, the daily is. And I was saying, like, today, and I was thankful Dale was there. Because car wouldn't start. Had to drive the van through a three-foot snowdrift, which vans don't drive through three-foot snowdrifts. So we had to shovel the snowdrift, and this isn't a snowdrift. This isn't an ice drift. So I'm glad Dale was there, and Dale's able. Dale's taking good care of himself. Dale's because he shovels my driveway almost every day. But Dale's Dale's able to help. I'm like, oh, thank you. And I was just thinking, I'm going to a class where I'm saying I was blessed by Dale because of his ability to do it. And my encouragement to you is. You need to be ready with the ability when God calls, however it looks. And I, you know, talking with the women and all of that, I mean, our physical, mm-hmm. you know, the thing, right? And yeah. Then, you know, just trying to, all those kind of things mm-hmm. really to, so yeah. to do. So. Yeah, the, the yeah. Holy Spirit's job is to bring to mind the thing that Jesus says. Yeah. And that's got to be in your head for the Holy Spirit to bring it to mind. Right. And, you know, kind of you mentioned sleep, you mentioned diet. I mean... I could spend six weeks on this what level of the impact that processed foods and sugars and caffeine and sleep and I mean you name it, our our country is in a health just turmoil. Um, but if we don't, if we just focus on what and not why, the, the, there would be absolutely no change because we all know what we should do, right? Every time you reach for the sugar packets or every time you uh, order this, uh, uh, okay, but. But why, well, something deeper causes you to want that, or something deeper causes you not to, you know, it's, it's a deeper issue than just knowing the right thing. And I love what you said about sugar. Sugar is just a focused nightmare. Yes? I don't get even in <laughs> Yep. Like you gave the example. Oh, he, yeah, I bet he paid the, well, he did pay the price. <laughs> had, had he lived. Yeah. Well, and, and like Hani said, it's, it's keeping, keeping your mind sharp through, I mean, all these other disciplines. It's just, it's very easy to camp on doing something, you know? But there's applications for, you know, um, the, Sam had mentioned quality, and I know um, God has appointed one day for, God has appointed us a time to die, once to die and once to judgment. I don't think we're going to prolong our lives 
theologically speaking, but you can prolong the fruitfulness of it through through those choices. And you know, Peter, if these qualities are yours are and are increasing, they render you neither useless. Um, so, what to do? I just put this said principle up there. It might be something for you to jot down. Um, said means a specific adaptation to imposed demands. So when you think to where you need to work on your personal mission ministry, your stewardship, maybe it's focus, think, what can I specifically do that would give me an adaptation for my goal? Very easy to camp on running. You, so I'm, I'm just going to go for your marathon training. You didn't train for a marathon by rowing. You train for a marathon by running. You don't train to have focus by watching the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right, like, it's, it, it doesn't make sense to do something that would be counterproductive to or not right in line with, with, with what you're doing. And I'm not here to give a- a- applications. I'm, I'm here to give food, food for thought. And then as you think, oh, this is one thing I can work on for three weeks, and I'll have my next goal to four weeks after that as I do that one goal and make it one thing, you know, whether it's breakfast, the activity, the um, 15 minutes a, a day in, in the word in a quiet room, that's, that's that one thing. Make sense? Okay. Um, so last thing, I'm actually going to share the secret of discipline with you. <laughs> I know you've been waiting. I, I, finally. Love. Talking about the secret. Okay. So to, t- so, so, so to tell you the secret, um, this comes from a book called Once a Runner. It's my favorite book on running and things like that. Um, and so let me, just, let me just give you the background a little bit. Once a Runner is a fictional book about a uh, collegiate miler. Um, he's back in the later 70s. In, in Florida, and he was like on the cusp of breaking the four-minute mile. Who was the first guy that broke the four-minute mile? Is that? Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan. So this is when four-minute mile was broken, and they were in the, like, 357. You know, that's fast. And he was about 403. And so he had a college team and a coach, and he had a mentor who was an Olympic gold medalist back when they did the two-mile. So he had kind of these two guys, you know, the, the, the team and his coach mentoring. And, well, anyways, long story short, he ended up getting kicked out of college because they thought he was... Um, a communist, or they just, they didn't like his free thought. So he was kicked out of college, so his mentor went up to him and he says, Hey Cassidy, you're a special runner. Long, you're mean, you run with heart. Um, This could be the best thing that happened to you. I have a cabin out in the woods, about 20 miles outside of the school town, and I'll I'll let you live there, rent-free, I'll stop in and bring you food, and I'll I'll write your training program, because in two years, um, you can go to the Olympics and you can win miles. Cassidy thought for a second. He's like, okay, let's do it. So this guy, and so there's a big chunk of the book that's about him living in the woods and running mile in his interval workouts, and that's where you just run sprints until you want to puke. It's just, it's a crazy, think what this guy went through. And so you can kind of imagine that out in this cabin, he's going a little loopy, right? It's the 70s. There's no Netflix. There's no iPads. He had magazines and journals. He's going through the same ones. So after months and months, his coach said, hey, Cassidy, 
Um, I'm going to uh, go to a barbecue with some friends. Why don't you come with me? You just need some social interaction. He said, okay. And you can imagine what this guy looked like. 70s curly hair with a headband, and he's growing a beard, and he's all, you know, sinewy from being, he's just, he just looks like a freak. So, I mean, you can imagine that when someone learns that you run 20, 30 miles a day and you do this, what are those awkward social conversations like? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you do what you do? Uh... Maybe someone makes a comment like, you run 20 miles a day? I don't drive that much in a day. Har, har, har. You probably got those comments. It was just awkward because, you know, the people talking to you didn't really understand how, he, like how you're able to do what you're able to do. They, they want to know that secret. And so there's this great passage there. And Peter, so he's talking about all their questions. So I'll just read this so that he says, there too were questions. What did he eat? Did he believe in isometrics, isotonics, ice and heat? How about aerobics, EST, ESP, STP? What did he have to say about yoga, yogurt, yogi berry? What was his pulse rate, his blood pressure, his time for a 100-yard dash? What was the secret? They all wanted to know in a thousand different ways the secret. And not one of them was prepared, truly prepared to believe that it had not so much to do with chemicals and zippy mental tricks as it did with that most unprofound process and sometimes heart-rending process of removing molecule by molecule the very tough rubber prize the bottom of his training shoes. Trial of miles, the miles of trials. How could they be expected to understand that? And whether it's, for him it was running, or you, it might be someone asking, how were you able to discipline yourself to have 30 minutes of prayer time a day? And you kind of want to look at him and, and go, secret is there is no secret. Do it. Like, there was no secret to you walking six miles and staying on the frozen tundra. It was, did it. Like, there's, there's often times, I've, I've shared this a few, and I always like, I, I want to, I want to share more. Like, I would love there to be a, this is the secret of how you don't blow your life by making the wrong choice with the flesh. This is the secret of intimacy with God. I, 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 there's literally, you make the choice and you do it. And you support it with a lifestyle that can allow you to. Everything that goes into it. Make sense? Their goal. Yeah. It's so simple, it's complicated. And, and the most important is, why? That is yeah. I agree. You know, the, the passage in Philippians 4... Um, Anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with giving, the request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses comprehension, so guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And and right away is whatever is pure, whatever is honorable, whatever is like it's our thought life that keeps us from oh no, 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 oh no. No. Whatever is pure, whatever is honorable, whatever like it's not it's it's not just a passage about, you know, guys don't look at porn and gals don't gossip and look here and here. Like it's it's not just a passage about that. It's a passage about focusing your mind to have God's perspective on everything that's going on. I waited the danger zone. But uh, yeah, I, I had the opportunity to. Um, the question isn't that. Tattoo that verse on Gutter's side, Connie. Guys were fixed on July. Was uh, that's probably. Yeah, one of my favorite passages is where Jordan just says, "Jesus, therefore, knowing the things that were about to come to pass, right. said, whom do you see? I am He.' Oh. So the the coolest thing for me about this conversation is as we're talking about these things, like not as we're talking about this, because we're talking about this, every single one of you, like, 
kind of perked up. You know, kind of like, yeah, I want that. I, I. That's, that's a heart desire. That's me agreeing in the inner man with God, saying, yes, like, that's what I want. And, and all the rest of the stuff, that's, yeah, we can, we can make choices about that. But if, if you don't have that first desire and value for it, just waste anybody's breath. Right? So, let's pray, because it is one minute over. Lord, we love you, and may the fruit of what we talk about be only for your glory. And may it, um, God, not just be through our effort, but of um, it's you living in us. And as we receive Christ Jesus, we need to walk in him, and that's through faith. So, give us faith to believe that as we pray about these things, you will, God, you will you will answer it, and it will be so that you can get the credit, and um, so that we can be used for the stewardship and the ministry that you have for us. We love you. Amen. See you.